Welcome to the teaching ministry of Prophet Kevin Leon. Kevin has devoted his life to see the restoration of supernatural power in both the Word and the Spirit to this generation. Open your Bibles, open your hearts, as we join Kevin in one of his crusades from around the world. And so if you don't know the Logos or the orchestrator or the design system behind all you see, feel, taste, and touch, you are going to get locked into the material world. Turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 down to verse 18. You see, life is about measurement and comparison. We have a lot of different choices. But if I have the Logos as my operating principle, I'll be able to see this is not God, this is God. This is not good, this is good. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Stop. Many people in past times in Christianity use this verse to bring people into legalism. You can't love the world. You can't have makeup. You know, my wife grew up in a church with no makeup, no earrings, couldn't cut your hair. We believe in ugly so the men won't lust after you. If we just make the women so ugly, there will be no fornication in the church. Uh, that's my take on it. Dear God, why would you want a woman not to have makeup and earrings and bling bling? Come on. Come on. Everybody say bling blings of the Lord. If your husband won't buy you some bling bling, just buy your own. I mean, when Abraham wanted to find a, a daughter-in-law, he sent a guy with 10 camels full of jewelry. Read it. They loaded up 10 camels full of jewelry. He says, when she sees the jewelry, she knows this is the will of the Lord. Hey. <laughs> and every woman said? Amen. And every woman said? Amen. <laughs> Say, jewelry is the will of the Lord. But the word love there is the Greek word agape. It's the word that you use towards people and God. He says, don't agape the world or don't put it in the place where it's supreme. There's nothing wrong with soccer. There's nothing wrong with basketball. There's nothing wrong with certain kinds of music. You want to have love songs. I know Christians who won't listen to any kind of love songs except worship songs. They're going on their anniversary date and they're listening to Christian music. Come on, man. Sing a, sing a love song to your wife. Dear God, brother. You're trying to get romantic. He was crucified. <laughs> and the blood was dripping down. Come on, man. Get some common sense, brother. Well, it's our anniversary. Open the Bible. We're going to have a Bible study for our anniversary. <laughs> You're a prophetic ding-dong is what you are. <laughs> it said, don't love the cosmos. Love the God beyond the cosmos. But I want you to see why this is so important. Because if you don't have the Logos in your life or the operating principle, and his name is Jesus, everybody say, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Come on, say, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. 
and the word was God, or the Logos was God. If anyone agapes the world, the agape of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the word lust means strong desire. It's not a sexual thing, it just means strong, strong desire. The strong desire of the flesh, the strong desire of the eyes, and the pride of life is of the Father, but is of the world. The word is passing away, the lust thereof, but whoever does the will of the Father or God abides forever. Now, why is this so important? Because if you don't know the Logos behind creation, you're going to interpret value and meaning through the lust of your eyes. You're going to interpret value and meaning through the lust of your flesh. You know how many see those bumper stickers? He that dies with the most toys wins. You define men and boys by the price of their toys. That's nothing but the pride of life. That's the pride of life. Look how big my house is. Now, if you sell Rolex watches, I'm not against Rolex watches. I have a good friend that sells Rolex watches in Guatemala. But nobody needs a $30,000 watch to tell time. That's a status symbol. That's a status symbol. You're saying, ask me what time it is. Bam! Hold your hand out. That's a status symbol. And that's called the pride of life. And that's huge. That is gigantic in the earth system. How many have ever seen these rap videos? Ghetto boy has a hit record. So what does he do? He gets his teeth all chromed up, perfectly good teeth, and he puts gold and silver on his teeth. He gets huge chain, gets half naked women. He goes, I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest, I'm the baddest, I'm the biggest. That's pride of life, guys. You don't have internal values, so you're going to add it to yourself externally. You've got to have the tallest car with the biggest rims. You remember these knuckleheads, 12 o'clock at night, they pull up next to you, your whole car is shaking because they got the sound so loud. You want to scream, ear damage, you will have ear damage. Why is he doing that? It's saying, look at me, looky, 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 look at me, I got it going on. And the word cosmos means operating system. And so every one of you probably has eight or nine operating systems that you go in and out of. There's a business system. There's a social system. One of the most demonic things that can happen to people is that you lose your mind when you join with these operating systems. You begin to define your life by that operating system. Anybody know anybody that gets into golf? I mean, really gets into golf. I mean, they, they buy the whole golf thing. Oh, I love golf. Then everything is golf. Golf vacations, golf clothes, golf shirt, golf hat, golf underwear. I mean, they just go crazy on golf. I'm now defined by golf. See, you let the operating system redefine you. Be a part of it, but I'm defined by the Logos. I said, I'm defined by the Logos. Say, I'm defined by the Logos. I'm defined by the Logos. And then there's a rhema or a prophetic word that gives you specifics. It lets you know exactly what you are. How many of you have ever had a GPS where when you get near the place where you're trying to find, the GPS doesn't find it because it's not loaded on the map. You can get close to the area, but you can't find the specific house. The Logos gets you to the neighborhood. Prophecy gets you to the specific address. I said the Logos gets you in the neighborhood. But prophecy or the rhema gets you in a specific address. 
So if you want to have the rain or the prophetic word, but you don't have the logos, you're looking for something you're never going to find. You're never going to find it. Now, first John chapter two, verse 18, little children. Now is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know we are in the last hour. Everybody say Antichrist. Antichrist. The word Antichrist just means a substitute for. Just means substitute. And there are many Antichrists in this room today. Some of you brought your Antichrist in. Some of you drove here to your Antichrist. You use it as a substitute for your love and agape and devotion for God. You treat the kingdom of God like a hobby, not the center of your life. You no, know, you add church to the life you already have. Well, I'm just going to add church. No, church is the center operating system. It's the logos. You can enjoy all this stuff. Go on vacations. Have good times. Have friends. Go to ball games. Go to concerts. But just make sure it's logos approved. Everybody say, make sure, make sure. it's logos approved. So it says, if you don't do that, you're going to get seduced by a substitute. Don't be seduced by a substitute. Now, here's why. There is no purpose and meaning in the substitute. The guy that tries so hard to be the head of a company when he gets there and he gets that big office and he gets that corner office and the secretary and the bigger salary when he walks in and says, down, he's empty. He thought it would give him purpose and meaning for his life. But he sat down into chaos. He sat down into emptiness. And some of you here today, there's a huge void, even though you're a Christian in your life. Because you've been trying to get a hold of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Or you're trying to interpret life by the material world. If I get this kind of car, if I had this kind of designer clothes. Man, I know kids that if it doesn't have a certain kind of logo, they think they're inferior. You're telling me a little stitching on the lapel of your jacket or the lapel of your shirt or the right on the chest of your T-shirt, that defines who you are? You spiritual ding-dong. That is not who you are. That shows how shallow you are. If I have a certain kind of clothing, that defines who I am. If I have a certain kind of car, it defines who I am. Certain kind of watch, certain kind of phone. No, you're searching for meaning in life. And that's why many Christians are empty. Because they've left the Logos trying to find meaning and purpose in life through the material world. And you'll never find it before your new phone becomes old. No, until the next model comes out. Oh, man, I should have waited. Oh, man, they got the better camera. Oh, man, it's got a faster processor. Oh, man. If you try to define what up to date and find meaning in the material world, you're a spiritual ding dong. Everybody say spiritual ding dong. Spiritual ding dong. Anybody see these people, they, they want to camp out seven days before the next Star Wars movies come out. You're sitting in line for seven days to see a movie that you could just wait and see it online for free. Come on. Is your life that worthless? Are you, do you have that, that less meaning in your life? This is what you say is great. We got this and we got that. I own this, I own that. I got the latest and the greatest. No, you don't. You are fulfilling that scripture. You have a substitute and the devil will keep you addicted to substitute until you find the logos. 
I tell you, he will keep you addicted to substitutes. And hear me. A lot of you want to keep your kids from doing stupid things and getting involved in sin and stuff. But you will never do it until you learn and they learn the logos where it operates in their life. If they see that's a substitute, that is an antichrist substitute for my life. Let me talk about sex and marriage for a second. This generation has just blown through the logos design of sexuality. Where it says you shall not commit adultery in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, the Big Ten. That means there's no sex outside of marriage. Everybody say no sex sex. outside of marriage. marriage. No sexual contact outside of marriage. marriage. And you say, well, I'm not going to let some old book tell me what I'm supposed to do. Let me tell you something. When you do that, you break you. And there's some couples here, you engaged in fornication before you got married. And even though you're married, there's still something broken inside of you because you violated the Logos. But I got good news for you. The Logos can fix you. I said the Logos can fix you. I said the Logos can fix you. But see, when you violate the Logos, something is not right inside of you. Well, I just want to just shack up for a little bit and uh, we want to live together and see if we like each other. Let me give you a prophetic word. If you shack up, you crack up. For those not familiar, the word shack up means that you cohabit without being married. Oh, it's getting prophetic in this place right now. You know, no hallelujah, no bling bling, no. Everybody say fornicator regulator. Fornicator regulator. And there's some fornicators here right now. There's some online porn guys here right now. Just let that settle there. Let it settle. You're violating the logos in your life. And you don't break the laws of God. The laws of God break you. Something being fragmented inside of you. And that means when you go to your next relationship... The next thing you're supposed to do, we're getting fragmented people that we're talking to. If you'll betray your wife, you'll betray every other relationship that you have. If you betray your husband, you'll betray every other relationship that you have. Never trust a fornicator adulterer. Because they've broken God's cosmos, they've broken God's logos, and they're going to break you too. They that gossip to you will gossip about you eventually. And so what the Lord is saying, he said, I'm here to invade your cosmos. I'm here to invade that dark place that has no purpose and no meaning. Notice how quiet it's getting here when you start talking about real life issues. As long as you keep it in a theoretical. Oh, praise God. Hey, I love that. Man. I like that preacher. But when I start talking about your issues, oh, then it gets messy up in here. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I know you got some issues. Say, I know you got some issues. (laughs) And so what happens is that when the Logos enters your life, it's just like when God spoke to the chaos of creation without form, without void. That is the Logos that they were talking about. Now, the Greeks did not know that was Jesus, but that's why John, the writer of the book of John, wrote that. He said, in the beginning was the Logos. He said, there was an organizing principle at the beginning of creation. And the Logos 
is God. Say, Jesus is God. Say, Jesus is God. And so they had theoretical systems and theological systems and philosophical systems that orbited around the word Logos. They didn't know it was Jesus. And that's why when you read the book of John, you are introduced to the pre-existent Christ, the Logos. He said, before Abraham was, I am. I was the one that started everything. And so why is this so important? If I don't find the Logos, you will interpret your life through the material world. You'll interpret value through the material world. You'll interpret meaning through the material world. And you'll get darker and darker and more chaos will come to your heart and soul. And you'll just be suppressed. You know, that's why most drug rehab programs do not work. Because you're trying to get somebody off a substance when they're not out of the cosmos and they don't have the Logos. They don't know the organizing principle. So the only reason they don't want to do the drug is because it caused so much chaos and confusion in their life. So they're trying to stop the chaos and confusion without the Logos who speaks life and brings you back in order. And there is a divine alignment in this room today. I'm here to realign you to the Logos. To remove the chaos and the confusion and put purpose and meaning in your life. And let me say something. It's got to be intentional. Everybody say, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. You know, you don't just cruise to the will of God. He said, set your face, pick up your cross, forsake all, become my disciple and follow me. But when people understand the logos and the confusion and the lack of purpose and meaning in their life, they become hobby horse Christians. They just kind of pop in like, well, you know, I like the music and I feel some presence here. Uh, you know, I like the fellowship. Listen, you could come to this church for 20 years and still be a goofball. You could be under his preaching for 20 years and still be a goofball. You got to make a disciple decision. It's about you making an individual disciple decision. And so if I don't have the Logos in my life, I'm going to define everything, everything by the material world. And it's so deceptive, you won't even know it. See, if you don't get to have what you want, I can't have the designer clothes, I can't have this. Just go through your life and see how many designer logos you have on your clothing and on your cars and everything else. And how you would feel if you had generic. Man, are those Nike shoes? No, they're Fred's. I got them down at Kmart. Oh, man, how can you handle Nikes, man? That's, that's what's happening. They're killing for the logos. The latest and the greatest Nike comes out or tennis shoe comes out or clothing line comes out. And somehow you feel depressed because you don't have a little logo. It's made in the same factory as the stuff without the logo in a factory in Philippines. And you're defining your whole life. And you have the little animal on the, on the sleeve of your jacket. You the animal. How do you define your life? How do you define value and meaning? In the beginning was the logos. And the logos was with God. And the logos is God. Somebody say, Jesus is God. Come on, say, Jesus is, God. Jesus is God. And so when Jesus comes in your life, he begins to rearrange everything in your life to line up with the Logos. Hebrews chapter 1, reading from verse 1 down to verse 4. 
I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, but the word logos is not here. But you see the operating principle. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 down to verse 4 in the Amplified. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us in the person of the Son, or the Logos, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds, the reaches of space, and the ages of time, he made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Man, that is powerful. He made, he produced, he built, he operated, and arranged them in order. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outring or the radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Check it. Upholding and maintaining, guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of our sins and rinse of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high, taking a place and a rank by which he himself became much superior to the angels in the glorious title, which he has inherited is different from and more excellent than theirs. Now, what it is saying is that not only did Jesus create the world, he's the maintenance system for the world. Everybody say, my life needs maintenance. My life needs maintenance. Come on, say, my life needs maintenance. And so when you get born again, that's awesome. You got born again. But if you don't get converted to understand that the Logos is necessary for my life, that I've got to have maintenance to my life, that God is a day-by-day God. Everybody say, God, God. is a day-by-day God. He wants to talk to you every day in some shape or form. And if, the Lord, if you don't hear God's voice every day in some shape or form, he didn't move, you did. In the first place, you got to check is your moral condition. God says, if you repent of your sins or immorality, you come close to God. And see, the thing is, if I don't have this closest with the logos operating in my life, I'm going to lose my maintenance. And you're going to be very hard people to live with, be married to, be an employee of, because you are so out of the design of how you were designed to be as a human being. Now, the word cosmos, once again, is the word world. Whenever you see the word world, it's usually cosmos. It means the orderly arrangement of a world system and the people inside of it. And so there is an operating system that every single one of you were designed to operate in. Now, why is this so important? Number one, you were designed to live between you and Jesus in the operating system. In other words, that operating system is going to begin to say, this is right, this is wrong. This is right, this is wrong. And rebellion is against your own design. See, when you rebel against the word of God, you're rebelling against life itself. I says, when you rebel against the word of God, you are rebelling against life itself. You don't break God's word. God's word breaks you. You don't break God's word. God's words break you. Like there was a hurricane in Florida, and this guy wanted to experience the hurricane, so he had his friends tie him to a palm tree. I want to feel the wind. Uh, bro, it's not the wind you need to be afraid of. It's what the wind's blowing. Here comes the office file. Here comes the barbecue. Well, that's how people, I want to experience sin. Bro, you're going to get more than you want for. It's going to take you further than you want to go. 
keep you longer than you want to stay. It costs you more than you want to pay. Let that settle there for a second. It's going to take you further than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. It costs you more than you want to pay. And so you need to have God reorder your internal life, your value system, what purpose and meaning really is. You know, I could have a much more expensive car than I have right now. It would be nice to drive around with a, a bigger car and have more sounds and, you know, heated seats, air-conditioned seats. There's nothing wrong with that. But I made a value decision to spend less on material things and more on spiritual things so I go to the nations. That's my decision. Nobody made me do that. But I saw eternal value. It made me say, this is more important than having a better ride. And see, a lot of you, church is an inconvenience. You don't mind coming to the meeting, but when he asks you to do something in addition to coming to a meeting, he's trying to turn this into an army, not an audience. I said he's trying to turn this into an, an army, not an audience. From spectators to participators, but it will never happen until you understand the Logos is operating. Let me tell you this. You will never have a complete life. Never. Until you're part of a living Logos community. See, there are some things you can't get directly between you and God anymore. Remember years ago, I was praying about something. And I said, Lord, I want you to do this for me. And he says, I don't do that anymore. He was shocking me. I said, but it's in the word. He says, yeah, but now you got to go to the body. You got to go to the body. If you're not a community member, a covenant member of a body, you're going to miss purpose in meeting. You're going to miss purpose in meeting. Now, most of you here are not famous in Corpus Christi, but you can be famous at Rock City. Marlene is not famous in Corpus Christi. If they put her picture in the newspaper, most folks wouldn't know who she is. But when she walks in Rock City, she's a mama. You changed my life. You gave me a word. You gave me care. And God said that unless you understand that you have to find the context for purpose and meaning that I create for you, you'll live your entire life for things and not for people. You live your entire life for things and not people. You know, my sister here, she probably got some disease and they had to amputate her leg and now she's confined to a wheelchair. And she came up to me yesterday and she was so impacted by the whole thing about lost image. I remember, I'm going to tell you this story. We had a guy named Jeremy in our church that had multiple sclerosis and he had a prophetic anointing. And he had a very, very difficult time being understood because he had that. And if you have multiple sclerosis relatives, I'm not making fun. I'm just illustrating a story. He was... Prophetic word for people. I have a prophetic word for people. And he had a guy that knew how to interpret his speech because he lived around him. And so the guy had to have an interpreter for multiple sclerosis speech in the regular English. And he would go, I, I have a word from God for the. And he couldn't hardly speak. And the guy would take the microphone. He says, Jeremy says he has a word from God for the church, and he would give the prophetic word. But I'll never forget this one day. This kid rolls up in this wheelchair, and he can barely be understood. But he said this to me. He said, my, my, my spirit not sick, just my body. My 
spirit not sick, just my body. He discovered that even though he was confined to a wheelchair, it did not stop the Logos from operating through his life. And there's many of you here today, you came from dysfunctional family. Your daddy was a ding-dong. Your mother was out of it. Maybe he wasn't there. He abandoned you. And if you let your past dysfunction define you, that's evidence you have not had the Logos in your life. But when the Logos comes in your life, he rearranges everything on the inside of you. I don't think you hear me today. And the Logos and the Word was with God. And he's going to step into your chaos. And so when you see Pastor David Bendet doesn't wear a suit, got long hair. Doesn't talk like the regular calm pastor. God bless you. You know, the kind of sanctuary talk. We're so happy that you came here. He goes, I'm fired up. I'm rocking. <laughs> Let me tell you why it is so impressing. Because it was a day that he was messed up. There was a day that this drug infested, messed up guy that followed the grateful dead met the Logos. And over a series of years, he began to step inside of your pastor and rearrange his value system and rearrange his life and purpose for meeting. And even though his destiny was delayed, his destiny was not denied. Even though his destiny was delayed, his destiny was not denied. Quit living life in the rearview mirror. Had a baby at 14. Had an accident. Because I was drug infested, I had this problem. Let me tell you something. No matter where you are, no matter what part of your life, when you embrace the Logos of John 1, he will come into your chaos. He will come into your lack of meaning and purpose. And if you would just let him rearrange and arrange everything to fit the cosmos and to fit the logos, you're going to find a quick acceleration to your life. You know, I'm often amazed by Christian preachers that promise people things that they're never going to get because they never align themselves to the logos. The promises are there, but the promises are for the people who have aligned themselves to the logos. Everybody say discipleship promises. Discipleship. Come on, say discipleship promises. Many or most of the promises in the New Testament are for disciples. They're not just for believers. They're for the people that press in to be a disciple. So you got to be a part of a living Logos community. You got to be a part of a living Logos community. Let me tell you something. Covenant living is challenging. It's like marriage. It's better just to float in, participate, drop some money in, which some of you don't even do that. You don't even want to do that. You think it's a freebie because you've been living on entitlements all your life. Religious welfare thinkers. You don't want to pay for your own destiny. But you come here and you don't want to interact with the people that are here. There's some messed up people here. 
There's some goofy people here. You came out of bad situations. But if you just be patient with them and let the Logos come in their life and rearrange everything, then you'll become somebody special in their life. Man, you were the one that helped me when I was so messed up. You were the one that helped me when I began to come with anger and bitterness. You know, we have a guy here named Captain Cook. He's been in the police department like 37 years or something. When I first met him, man, he was angry. He was mad. He, was, he broke his life up through a couple of marriages because he was living outside the Logos. He was living outside the Logos. But in the last several months, he got into the Logos, praying in tongues. He's got aggression. And he cannot let the last 37 years define the next 37 years. And the reason I'm saying that is because every single one of you here has a new identity in the Logos. It's going to redefine who you really are. And when you begin to read that Bible, it's going to change you. It's going to begin to redefine you. Now, there's a daily bread experience God wants to give for every one of you. Not daily week. Daily bread. Not just coming to a service like this. But you have to understand that the Spirit of God wants to meet you every single day. And this is why. You cannot successfully live in the cosmos of the world system without daily bread. You're going to do some dumb things unless you get daily bread. The Lord will tell you who to avoid. He'll tell you who to connect with. And sometimes he won't say the guy's name, but he'll say a principle. Don't partner with fornicator. Let me tell you something. You can preach to them, but you can't have them as your hanging buddies. Bad character corrupts good morals. I said bad character corrupts good morals. Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. God wants to give you the ability to access this Logos. The Logos is not just a book. It's Jesus Christ speaking through his book. And you can get a word from the word, or you can get a word from a prophetic person. But the origination has to be the Logos, has to be Jesus Christ. Now, when Jesus was filled with the Spirit and baptized in water, he was driven to the wilderness. And every single one of you is going to have a wilderness time. Look at your neighbor and say, you will have seasons in the wilderness. You will have seasons in the wilderness. But that is not a punishment. The word wilderness in the Hebrew means to hear God. That just means that God is separating you to get you ready for your next season. The wilderness is in between greatness. I said the wilderness is a time in between greatness. And so you're going to get tempted in the wilderness sometime. And it says this in Matthew 4, 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, notice what he targets is his identity. The devil will always, always target your identity. And if you find your identity in the material world, you're going to be messed up because of the fading identity. Command these stones to become bread. And he said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone. And the word live there is the word zoe, which means that God designed life for today. God designed life for today. But every word, and that word there is rhema, that proceeds from the mouth of God. You cannot function effectively in the world system, not just as a Christian, as a human being, unless I get a word from God. 
God designed that you have blind spots. God designed you'll be a failure without daily bread. You're going to be a failure without daily bread. Look at your neighbor and say, you'll be a failure without daily bread. Because every day has unique circumstances, unique interactions, unique people. And God wants to feed you before you go out on your daily bread situation. He wants to feed you before you go into the cosmos so he'll give you the preemptive word about what to do and how to respond. You're going to meet crazy every day. I said, you're going to meet crazy every day. Some of you, when you go to work, there's crazy in that office. And the devil will demonize some of your co-workers. Don't think that the devil's not working with your co-workers sometime. If they're not born again, if they're not living for the Logos, they're not living in the voice of God, the devil will jump on them to torment you. But you've got to know how to respond to this kind of stuff so it doesn't suck you out of the things of God. And so here is how it works. Because many of you, it's too mystical. One of the big things that God will do in you is he will drop a prophetic question in your heart. Everybody say prophetic question. And you'll see the question and the word manna in the Old Testament means what is it? It's a question. And so what happens, you say, I wonder how to do this. I wonder how to do that. Go to the word. You'll see the principle and then you'll get a prophecy from the spirit of God. Say first you see the principle. Then you get the prophecy. First you see the principle, then you get the prophecy. Why does it happen the other way? Because if I get the prophecy without the principle, I'll try to interpret the prophecy outside the principle or outside the cosmos or the logos that God designed and I'll be messed up. Now today in this room, there are some incredibly difficult situations that are represented in this room. A lot of you uh, have a prior relationship with kids and exes and some of your exes live in Texas. I understand that. <laughs> How do I deal with this crazy woman? How do I deal with this crazy man? Pastor, can you tell me how I can deal with my ex-husband who's, you know, he's got a warrant for his arrest and we put a restraining order. Don't ask your pastor for a formula. What does the Bible say? Say, Lord, I need to know how to deal with cuckoo here. I know how to deal with this ex-guy. I need to understand how to live with this thing and God will give you a principle then when he gives you the principle, he'll give you specifics. But if you don't have that operating in your life, that Logos operating in your life, you're going to fail. You're going to get sucked into some crazy stuff. And if you don't know and read the Word of God for yourself, you got mental issues. Look at your neighbor and say, if you don't read the Word of God, and know it for yourself, you have mental issues. You're thinking outside of the mind of God. And even God can't help you because God always operates through his word. You know, what changed my life the most was when I began to read the word of God. Psalm 119 says, and your word I have hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. In other words, I have a reservoir for the Holy Spirit to use and bring it to my remembrance. I just tell you guys something. Prophet Kevin has been such an influential spiritual father in my life. And I need somebody that tells me, like it is. I need somebody to talk to me with truth and not trying to coddle me and be Mr. Nice Guy. As a pastor with a growing church, a lot of people want to come and speak. A lot of people are on the speaking circuit. And people will come to a church and be really, really nice to the pastor. Now, he's not that guy, but I'm going to tell you, this is a guy that will come and speak the truth even when it hurts. It hurts sometimes to be called 
a spiritual dummy. It hurts sometimes to be told that we're spiritual ding-dongs. It hurts sometimes when somebody says, you don't read your Bible, you're a spiritual baby. That doesn't sound so nice, but actually the Bible says it even more intense than that. Jesus said, if you're not building on the rock, you're building on the sand. I preached the message a few weeks ago titled, Wise Builders Dig Deep. The word for a foolish builder is the word moron, and it means to be a blockhead. And it means you're being hard-headed, which leads to being hard-hearted, and that's in the Bible. The point is, is that we've got to know how to build right, and that comes from the master designer, God himself, okay? And that's what we're doing. And so, again, so much of who I am to this day is because I've had a man like him that I've looked up to as a father that helped me from the beginning to make this happen. I don't want a dead church. I don't want to go through religious motions. I want life. I want wind. I want fire. I want downpours propelling you, not religious dead ideologies. That's what I want. We will pastor, we will teach, and we will evangelize. But we're out to take territory with the mighty wind and breath of God in everything we do. When you get an experience from God, Romans 1 says, it establishes you. When you have a supernatural experience, Paul said, I wanted to visit. He wanted to visit the Roman church so that they could be established. Everybody say established. To be established means that you become stable. You become rooted. You become grounded in truth and on the rock. And then once you have that established spiritual experience from the breath of God, then suddenly a benefit comes. Paul said, so that I may mutually benefit together with you. So if something happens to you, it benefits me. If something happens to me, it benefits you. True fellowship, true koinonia means that it's mutually beneficial to each other. Now you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Now the experiences that you're having, you're in an environment where people don't think you're crazy. When suddenly fire rushed through your body, you started shikara baromba sika. Now it's like, oh man, I got praying tongues. And we all clap and applaud instead of your parents or your in-laws or somebody telling you you're crazy. You have got to be surrounded by a community of people that walk in the supernatural. I just want to say that God is releasing an incredible amount of ministry hope in this place, business hope in this place. And as I've met some of the people the last three years by being a part of this church plant, I see a lot of people that I see more potential in you than you see in you. I see more gifting in you than you see in you. And you're never going to see it till you meet the Logos face-to-face with just you and your Bible. When you begin to read the Bible, everything is going to change inside of you. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. You are the divine manifester of the Logos. You take what he says and makes it real to us. You take what he says and makes it alive in us. If you're here today and you've not been reading the Logos, I want you to stand up to your feet. You don't have a consistent diet of eating the Logos. Stand to your feet right now. Now the Lord already sees your life. Those little uh, daily bread things on the top of your refrigerator, that's not the Logos. That's a Christian fortune cookie, guys. You're playing Bible roulette. You have mental issues, but we're going to get you out of those things. Say, Holy Spirit, today I make a commitment to begin to read your word, to meditate on your word, to feed in your word, deliver me from my mental issues. 
Now the Lord is coming as the Logos right now inside of your life. In the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was God. When you read the Logos, you're having a conversation with God himself. When you read the Logos, you're having a conversation with God himself. But if you don't know the word of God, there's nothing to bring to the remembrance. Now this church is about to enter the next phase of his growth process. Somebody shout, 2,000 is possible. 2,000 Come on, scream, 2,000 is possible. 2,000 Come on, shout, 2,000 is possible. 2,000 But in order for this church to get to 2,000, we got to have at least 300 qualified disciple-type leaders. Because you're not going to get 2,000 people and just have goofball leaders and they don't know the Word of God, they don't read the Bible. It's going to take some government and structure in order to move that many people in and out and deal with the incredible challenges that people come with. And so, guess what? You're going to be the future heroes of this ministry. You're going to be the future hero of this ministry. And stop disqualifying yourself because of your past dysfunction. Stop disqualifying yourself because of your divorce. Stop disqualifying yourself because you had crazy parents. Stop disqualifying yourself because you got a jail record. Paul had a jail record. Uh, the apostle Paul with the jail record still changed the world. Today in this room, God is saying, will you let the Logos come in your life? You know, I resist giving prophetic words to people that don't know the Logos because I know they're going to mess it up. I resist it. Because I know if I gave them a word, they're going to take my word outside the context of what the Logos says. How many want a new visitation from Jesus Christ? Read your Bible. I can hear the mysticism. Ooh, we have a new visitation from Jesus Christ. Ooh, read your Bible. Look at your name and say, if you want a new visitation... Read your Bible. You want a new visitation from the Holy Ghost? Read your Bible. And just say, Holy Spirit, make the written word alive in my heart. Make the written word alive in my spirit. Make the written word something that I can feel, taste, and touch. Now it's coming in your heart right now. The word of God's coming, the word that you need, the word that you need, the word that you need about your family, about your finances, about your business, the word that you need about your relationships. Go to the Bible. Go to the Bible and begin to say, Lord, I need to hear a word from the Logos. I need the operating principle of the Logos to speak to me. Now say the word, say, Jesus, Jesus. I surrender everything to you. Make me, a disciple Make me a disciple of the Logos Word of God. Make me a disciple, me a disciple of the Logos Word of God. Our prayer and heart's desire is that today's message has caused you to see Jesus more clearly, causing you to become a better disciple, walking in both wisdom and power in your generation. For further information about Kevin's ministry, books, tapes, or to have him come to your church or conference, call or write Key Ministries, Post Office Box 10357, Pensacola, Florida. 
888-382-5524 or on the web at kevinleal.com. You can call our offices at 850-475-8877. Our prayers that the Holy Spirit will water this word and cause it to grow in your life.